podcast listeners, listeners of the podcast, and welcome to episode 8 of Over the Bridge and Yabba Dabba Ding Dong. I am your host, Annie Warbler. I think I have an, like, when I record one of these episodes, I usually near, the, near some stage of it, I'm like, I didn't introduce myself, and that happens quite a bit, but look, I don't think it's a make or break, um... And if you're new to the show, or if you listen to one of the other episodes where I didn't introduce myself, well, this is me. Um, yes, I am the greatest showman. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about, by the way, the um, the eighth album by the band. And before I get into this album, before I get into any of this album, or maybe even referring to the last episode or whatever, um, a good friend of the show, good listener, is he a good listener? I don't know. He listens anyway, he comments on things, so he must be a good listener, uh, Ronan, uh, a friend of mine who often talks to me about the albums, he's not really, a, he's, mo- he's much more of a, if I'm a kind of a, if I listen to the albums, he's probably more casual about the whole thing than I am. Like he's like, oh yeah, I, I don't know anything about these albums. But then when he comes into some stuff, he's like, oh, I think I remember that song. But anyway, he was just making the comment to me after listening to the last episode, episode seven on Californication, that you know, I'd, I'd made a comment saying I was kind of a little bit true to ringer, I guess, with the. Not so much with the podcast and stuff. I enjoy doing the podcast, but some of the album experiences, especially after I think one hot minute, and then I kind of at some stage, I'm not going to say halfway through, but at some stage through episode seven, I was like, you know, I, uh, this band, I'm not even sure if I liked them, and he uh, rightly said that I probably, well, I'm not going to say rightly said, you know, I'm not going to say he's completely correct on this, but. That he expected me by the next one to say, you know what, I don't even like music. And just to let you know, that's not true, I do like music. Um, but, you know, he made a very astute point, I think, in terms of saying that I... Maybe, you know, he came, like, he was saying that he felt that maybe I am... Um, it was interesting how I wasn't necessarily a super like fan of the band and how that would have affected the overall podcast because you know I'm not a super fan um and I guess him just saying that didn't bring it up this whole issue of me having to defend myself or anything like that but it did raise a kind of a thing that I kind of wanted to talk about here just just for the sake of talking about really and that is that you know I'm aware that um I will pick at some of these songs I'll enjoy some of these songs and some of the albums even I kind of had a a little bit of a roller coaster ride um roller coaster on um Californication where I was like, you know what, this is great. Then at some stage I was like, hmm, getting a bit patchy here. And then by the end I was, you know, no, no, it's 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 fairly, it's, it's good. We're, we're, we're sailing fairly smoothly here. But I think where I'm going with this general message or this 
statement is that I'm glad I'm doing a podcast like this. I'm glad that you know I can I can I can talk about these songs and these albums, and I think it's. I'm not going to say it's better that I'm not a super fan, but I'm going to say it makes for interesting. I hope it makes for interesting listening anyway. Even if I sometimes pause and whatever else and I kind of have to think through my thoughts and just just let that little bit of podcast silence. But, you know, that I, I can talk about this thing and it's I think it's far more, at least for me, when I when I listen to something that sounds like or even if I read a review of something and it seems genuine, I you know, and that rather than just somebody like being disparaging about an actor something just being like oh this is that something comes across like disingenuous and this this podcast is never about that i sometimes will rip the you know rip the piss a little bit but you know i've i've spent enough time now on this podcast and even you know enough money over the years in this band not not like hundreds or anything like that but just i've invested enough in the band that i do have you know an interest in them and i also you know, from the get-go I said that they were a band that interested me, even if they weren't necessarily a band I was hugely into. I mean, I might have mentioned this before, but, like, I love Radiohead, but I don't know if I could do a podcast on Radiohead. I mean, I do think they're, it's not really fair to compare, but I do have much more more of an interest in that in an artist or band rather like Radiohead but I just feel there's a little bit more of um flamboyancy to a band like Red Hot Chili Peppers that I wanted to kind of talk about through the music I don't really as I said before I don't really want to get into too much stuff that's kind of um hovering around the music because yeah sure some of that does inform the music but I don't want I don't want to get into a vh1 behind the music style kind of thing that it's kind of like what was going on with the band at the time i i kind of just want to look at using the music itself as a as a conduit of sorts and um so yeah i mean i i guess part of me addressing this is that we're on to album eight we're kind of over the half well we're well over the halfway mark and i think it's i think it's worth just mentioning that and um Hope you're all enjoying the podcast so far. It's um, my first foray into something like this, really. But um, I know, yeah, apologies also for the sound issues last week. I, You know, it was great recording some of this outside and all that. But I think, you know, some of the sound quality was a little bit lacking. So I hope you stuck with it in the end. And hopefully when you hear this particular episode and further on from this one, at least episodes, this one to the um the getaway one that'll be in theory the last one. Well, we'll see. We might do a bonus one, and of course, maybe something will happen in, in the meantime in terms of a new release. But um, you know, the sound quality will be much better because aside from doing this, and you know. Hoping people enjoy it. I'm also doing it as an experience for myself. And I also think it's interesting that it feels like so long ago since I did the first three 
um, episodes where I was only listening to these albums. I kind of thought actually at the time when I listened to the first three albums that I hadn't heard before, I thought that the the experience after those first three episodes might be a slightly lesser one that I'd kind of go into the ones that I already heard before and just be like kind of going through the motions a little bit but that rarely ever happened at least for me um even the one hot minute episode was it was one that sort of surprised me not just because I expected to really enjoy the album but I was passionately giving it out about that album so you know even that wasn't was an interesting one even if it was a little bit different structurally but um yeah I mean from here on in in this episode we'll, we'll get back to some sort of semblance of normality and um yeah on with the on with the episode so I guess we'll we'll start off with getting into the um the album artwork let's talk about that first the more I see, the more I see. So this artwork I I quite like. I really like this album artwork. Um it's um it's well like like I don't know what sort of like material we use project to cover in terms of painting, but I would say when I say pastel I don't think it's an actual done on pastel medium, but everything about the album artwork has a pastoral kind of feel to it almost a sort of um it's quite somber I would say and maybe just really quiet which is not necessarily the case throughout the songs but um even like the guy who um the guy who did these paint the guy who did the artwork throughout he also did the band photography I think he did all the band photography um and uh, he did a front cover, and I think he did the singles artwork as well. But um, I'm not sure if he actually did the the liner notes, whether that was him. Um, I'm gonna say possibly no, but I I don't know. Um, but he yeah he he did most of the art direction on this as well, and his daughter can't think of her name the guy's name is Julian Schnabel I think I mentioned that already but his daughter was going out with um I was gonna say Fleet with John Frusciante at the time um kind of it's you know it's kind of abstract and I remember seeing this album artwork and I'd at the time I'd heard the 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 lead single from the album which was the actual title track by the way and I was really excited to hear the album and um, I would say even the album, the photography kind of of the band, there's kind of, a, you know, I said pastoral, but I would also say a little bit like if you if you have the um the artwork to hand and you're looking at it on whatever format, um, and maybe you don't have it to hand, but even on the the band photography, they're all quite um. I would say they're almost in, aside from Flea, they're almost in, kind of. Well, even Chad Smith, just almost something very morose and maybe almost funeral, funeral, is that word, funeral, uh, like, and um, yeah, and the black and white shots, and it's just, 
it almost says to me that the album is going to be quite well it does it definitely says the album is going to be quite different um very uh reflective maybe as well but um yeah really enjoy the album Marth Rock enjoy the album Marth Rock might sound a bit of a stretch but I will say part of the reason I come back to this album is the album Marth Rock it kind of is inviting in its own way so that's really all I have to say about that so I will talk a little about about my feelings with this album prior to giving this a new a fresh listen and this is an album I kind of have struggled with to be honest with you, over the years which is not to say I don't feel this is another one hot minute but there is some of these episodes where and I know when you're listening to this you're kind of like this guy he goes into these albums and he's like I'm excited to listen to this and then I come out I'm like I'm not so ex-, you know so it was okay I kind of I'm more pumped up beforehand than I am afterwards in a lot of cases and look that's just the way that is but I will say that while I am looking forward to listening to this album I don't feel I've never felt I've loved this album I've never felt I, I will love this album but which doesn't mean to say I'm not looking forward to listening to it but I've always felt every time I've listened to it I've come back to this album a lot more than a lot of the other albums that I didn't warm to and I think there's a couple of things going on with this album I I think when I I was really looking for this album before it came out because I realized I was a big fan of the Californication sound and I did think that had a very distinctive sound compared to what came before it seemed to be a little bit more uh dare I say mainstream rock and had sort of watered down a little bit of that funk sound um that was on albums prior to Californication so I didn't necessarily mind if the funk came back but I realized I wasn't so Back in the day, I wasn't so into One Hot Minute, which even then seemed like it was like an album the band didn't, you know, kind of pass over, especially when Frusciante came back. It was sort of seen as, okay, the, you know, Dave Navarro wasn't a good fit, so now we have Frusciante again. And, you know, Blood Trucker, Sex Magic, I, I enjoy some of the album, but the overall sound didn't do much for me as much as Californication did. And then Mother's Milk... I felt was a little bit maybe I just you know I realised it wasn't a sound I was as into it's um I guess you know there's some artists that have you know various eras um maybe not that many but certainly their sound changes or evolves sometimes devolves um but I did realise at the time that I was sort of more into this Certainly at, before this album, just on the cusp of this album being released, I was more into that sort of late era sound. Um, a little bit more mature sound into my ears anyway. Um, so I was really pumped to hear this album and I saw the band live in what was known at the time in, as Lansdowne Road Stadium. And 
open air football stadium in Ireland. It's still there, but it's under a new name and it's been rebuilt. But uh, oddly enough, the I can't remember exactly when this album came out. I think it was mid to late July, and I think that that particular gig it was in two thousand and two, and it was maybe two or three weeks before the album came out. So, and I didn't have like much access to the internet. So I'd obviously I'd heard by the way. I think I'd even seen the video at the time. But I hadn't heard any of the other songs. And I'm sh- well. Prior to the gig. And I think. They may have. There might be some. Well. I, I can't honestly say. Oh. That there was another song I heard at the time. Prior to that gig. That was from this album. Now. From that album. I do remember. There were two or three. Maybe four songs played from the album. And I think by the way. It was the opening song. On that it was actually really unusual I know it's probably not that unusual but for me it was sort of unusual to see a band who were essentially promoting an album that hadn't been released yet now I understand artists do that and sometimes more often than artists do that when they are talking about an album that are they're promoting an album, they're low-key promoting it, like they do it in a small club kind of thing, and they're like, they're testing out the songs from a, you know, before they go properly on the road. But, um, yeah, this was like a big gig, and I think they were doing the tour, and I'm sure, obviously, you know, maybe maybe Ireland was the first stop of that tour, I can't remember. I don't know, actually. But, um, yeah, I do know that they opened with, by the way, I think there's a couple of songs scattered in there that were from previous releases. And then Universally Speaking at some stage came in. I think there was a couple of other songs that I think there might be in some of the other, what would be the latter singles. But I do seem to remember a lot of that gig was, you know, as I said, the three or four By The Way songs. Um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic featured in Californication. I don't think there was any, there might be in a couple of, um, might be in a couple of other songs, but... I can't, as in non-studio or non-studio album releases, like, so, um, and it was, it was, I remember it being an okay gig, actually, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but at the time, to these years, I wasn't really interested in a couple of the support bands who were, I think it was New Order, and, um, I don't know who was on before that, I feel like there was two other bands, there was New Order and someone else, but anyway, um but um and for what it's worth an awful lot of the time over those years Ireland as a like when it came to like a big gig like that the, you know there wasn't a great track record track record of good support acts that you know open for the the big band and that's in new order or bad but I just didn't feel like was it Certainly for me, I kind of felt like, oh, okay, I'm not really into this. But maybe upon reflection, I can see where that might fit in a little bit with, to an extent, some of this album. There was, you know, a few different things going on with this album that would indicate that maybe New Order wasn't all that bad a fit. Um. So, oh yeah, the other thing is, at this time, it was 2002, and the band had already played with, they played Slain, big open air thing, 
uh, not festival, but a big open air gig concert. They played the year before in 2001 with uh, supporting U2. And then they did Slain themselves in 2003. I believe they played in Ireland in 2004 again. I can't say they did 2005 and six, but there was a time where it felt like, I felt like anyway, after Californication and this album, to a lesser extent, Stadium Arcadium, but it kind of felt like they were, the band were Ireland's adopted sort of sons <laughs> because they were under, there was so much radio play of the band. They kind of, you know, that hit that. As much as I say I was looking, I enjoyed more this era, at least more the Californication era of uh, the band and that sort of a little bit more mainstream rock sound. That certainly went over like gravy with the um you know mainstream radio because there was it was rock but it wasn't aggressively rock rock you know it, it kind of songs certainly on this album you know were like gangbusters on the um on the on the main radio stations here and even there i think there was even there was a like an x factor like show that was around at the time and I think that used there was little interest to people coming on stage or whatever not like on stage on a big like in front of a live audience kind of thing but like when there were maybe people were doing their little um rehearsals or whatever in front of the the judges or whatever but they were using songs from maybe this album or maybe it was Stadium Arcadian but it just felt like it felt like they were like the go-to band and maybe at you know it just it really felt like they were kind of omnipresent in such a way that um well maybe omnipresent is a bit strong but it certainly felt like they were the band that you know even people who didn't like necessarily write like rock music were into uh which again seems kind of like funny with what i'm saying about me liking some of this latter era but I'm going to get into that in a little bit now. Right now, I'm just talking about my, my memories of this album in and of itself and say, like I've already said, I wasn't keen on it, but this album felt, unfortunately, a little bit more watered down than I would have liked, whereas Californication had a nice blend of the mainstream kind of... I don't want to say the mainstream. It had a... It had a I think it, you know, it, has, it had its experimental side and a kind of hard rock sound but also quite organic and this album does sound organic I actually don't think it there's anything necessarily wrong with how organic it sounds but sometimes it just feels like an album that sometimes just feels too syrupy sweet or just syrupy I guess maybe not even syrupy sweet but yeah just it it never like some of the songs just never did it for me and it felt like, like whatever songs I felt like were the weakest of Californication, it felt like it was more of that. Which is not to say they all had um. I can't remember now what songs I kind of was a little bit disinterested in, in Californication. I know there's some songs near the end. Um, there's two or three tracks that all came together that kind of washed over me a bit. And I guess, what I wouldn't say this album sounds like, that song or whatever song, Californication, there is that feeling that 
some of the material here just washes over me a bit. I'm just like, okay. I mean, for what it's worth, like the, the lead single, the opening track, by the way, is, you know, I probably still feel the same way when I listen to this upon, you know, uh, refresh, listen, refresh, listen. But um, By The Way is, is a great song. I really like By The Way. And I think it's probably the best. And, you know, I kind of always felt like it was the best song of the album. And I don't mind when I... I, I don't actually have a problem with the best song of the album being the first song. Sometimes you're kind of aware, oh, this this is a great, great song. And then some other things pale in comparison. But it felt like it was such a great song. And then everything else. While I wouldn't say they weren't as good. They just felt like they were at a different... I was going to say a different pace. But I even think it was a different place. It just felt like... It felt like the band felt obliged to sort of do this hard rock kind of a thing. And then the rest of the album is kind of... Tries out different things. But with that being said, by the way, for all my praise about it, it even has its own elements where I would say it feels like it bridges kind of a, you know, some of that... I don't want to say some of that Californication, fast-paced energy... But then, you know, like the courses are quite, um, lush and in such a way that it indicates what the rest of the album is going to sound like. But it is the hardest rocking song on the album. And like, for what it's worth, I don't necessarily need an album to be completely full of hard rock songs or anything like that, but... Just some of the stuff in this album just, you know, it doesn't do it for me. I remember a friend at the time saying, have you heard By The Way? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, that album's dirt. What was wrong with what? One Hot Minute. That was a great album. Now, at the time, I was like, I don't know. But I don't think I was necessarily saying in agreement with him. I don't know. Like, I don't know what's wrong with this album. And One Hot Minute is a great album. I was I was just a bit like, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to say. Because <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't really warm to one hot minute at that time. I was probably more forgiving of it then than I have been in the, the, that particular episode. But this album, I couldn't help. I wouldn't say I agreed with him, but it wasn't doing it for me. Yet there's lots of stuff about this album I should have loved. And and I think that's part of the reason I come back to it as well. It's not just the artwork. It's I come back to this because there's a part of me that I love when a band makes a choice or takes makes decisions on something and takes a bit of a bold choice. I do feel like there's a, this does take more of a drastic left turn than Californication did. Californication had elements of various things and maybe, you know, as a band who had time to sort of regroup and, you know, recalibrate even. Whereas this feels a little bit more like, this is the sound we're going for now um and part of that is quite refreshing but also part of me feels like it's quite calculated for radio play i don't think it's any you know it's no accident that a lot of songs on this get got a lot of radio play i mean a lot mostly it was the singles but you know i even think the singles just because they're the singles aside from by the way i think actually any of these songs potentially could have been 
singles, which is my way of saying, I don't mean to say it, I think they're all great songs. I just mean a lot of them have a similar vibe. Like, instead of maybe doing universally speaking, maybe a song like... Now, like, you know, as far as I'm, I remember, the singles were, by the way, universally speaking, the Zephyr song, Can't Stop. I'm sure there's another one or two in there. But, um... But yeah, I always come back to this album because I, I'm I'm interested in it, but then I'm like, just not doing it very fully. But, you know, this this could be a revelatory episode. I could come away. I don't think I'm going to come away loving this album. I think I'm probably going to end up in the same place. But you never know. Um, I will say that I think even in the songs I'm... Most of the songs, I'd never felt like I outright disliked this album or hated it. Just never warmed to it. And despite that, I tried. And it, unfortunately, after this album, at least at the time, I wouldn't say I just dropped the band, but there was a feeling I was like, okay, the only album I really like at that time. And it is the truth still, maybe. But at this time, I felt like, okay, Californication was kind of the one album I really liked from them and yeah I liked some of Blood Sugar Sex Magic but the rest I was a bit mm, hit and miss about so I think after this album I was sort of a little bit more I wasn't as invested in the band I mean I I think it was some time well I didn't listen to Stadium Arcadium immediately upon its release but I did listen to it some time afterwards but I'll save that for that episode but um yeah, I think look, let's just um let's just get into the album and you know what? I can't actually remember what this begins or ends with from side A, so I'm going to look it up, if you don't mind, while I'm talking. And I'll keep talking and talking and talking. But I will say I think this album, like the pace of it overall for my memories it's quite um it's quite like I know I say chilled out a lot but a little bit like Californication it is an album to listen to you know when the sun is shining but I don't feel as positive as much positive vibes I, I feel like it's just there's some stuff about some of these songs that I'm you know, like I will say, and I think I mentioned already, but even the songs I don't like are not crazy about. There are bits of them I like. I'm like, oh, that's nice. But like, there's nice little flourishes. But yeah, just um, it's really strange. And maybe some of this also from a side note point of view. I think some of my feelings about this album. I remember when I eventually did get this album. I had been in a band with, you know, we'd been practicing a lot. We hadn't gigged properly. And then one of the guys just was like, I don't want to do this, call it a day. And I was like, oh man, that fucking sucks. We were practicing. We weren't like, we weren't practicing loads, but we were figuring each other out. But then it's always worrying when you're barely practicing a, as a band and then somebody's out and then somebody else comes in. And one of the main, aside from myself, one of the main instigators of this kind of band thing, it's like, yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Creative differences already. But, um, that happened and I was, you know, 
at the age I was, I was like, oh, really? I wouldn't say I was really down about, but I needed to pick me up. And I think the next day I had got this album, and I think I was looking for that pick me up, and I just didn't get it. So what I say that this, you know, I hold this album in memory as the album that I just didn't, you know, never picked me up. I don't know. Did I get over the band? Of course, but. And it doesn't need to be a pick-me-up album. But I think I was expecting something that would, you know. I think part of me was expecting Californication too. And I think even, so by the way, as a song, it's a little bit softer than the, even as it is a rock kind of song, it is, you know, the edges are sanded off a little bit when I look back on reflection now. But had I got songs with the same... Um standard by the way the title song i think i probably love this album but as it stands i'm kind of indifferent but always curious about so yeah i eventually found the um the track listing and i'm going by the you know or not so much the track listing but going by the actual side a and side b so for side a we will kick things off with by the way and we will end side a with I could die for you and um yeah then side b begins at midnight and ends with venice queen so there's 16 songs on this thing um that's already a concern for me as you know how i feel about long track lists but um yeah let's just get into it and see how it goes so see you on the flip side Okay, people, let's get into this. And I will be talking about the songs. And the way I'm recording at this time, I'll try and cor- or not correlate it, but have it when I'm making points that are in parallel with maybe parts of the song. At that point, maybe those parts of the song have just gone by. But look, um, you know, I'm not going to pause a song or anything like that or interrupt the flow of this conversation. So let's just get into it. So, yeah, we kick in with the um, guitar and bass. There's a bit at the start there where it goes do 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 It doesn't quite go down a lower note. It just sort of pauses a little bit on the guitar. I think just a slight bit. It's not a problem. I just I've noticed it the last couple times I've listened to it. So yeah, we have the the kind of I would call it the softer course. It is course, but it's just. It comes in a little less heavy than just later on. And then we go into the sort of verse. And I guess this is this bit of steak knife, car chart, gun job, boot cut. I mean, whatever that's about. But it's part of the verse, is it? It's not really pre-verse, if that's such a thing. And yeah, the verse is certainly heavier in this song then. You know, it's the heavier part along with that pre-verse bit and I mean look this is such a good song it's such a great song to kick off the album I do think it's a bit of a red herring song I really do I mean it's probably the best song to, to start off as, as the lead single I question well part of me questions whether it's 
it's a really good opener, but it's not necessarily indicative of the album. Um, there's another song later on that I think is probably maybe more suited, but then again, I can see this is, not, this is a song to get both people who aren't that much into kind of like their music a bit softer to get into a little bit, but also for the, the chilly rock fans. And we have that kind of pre-verse thing, as I like to call it again. Um, it kind of goes through it really quickly. Uh, what's this? I mean, I don't know, this song, like those courses are definitely, in fairness, it is a representation of how this album, there's going to be, you know, more melodic soft bits. And... But then it's it's a hard, you know, it has its heavy drums coming in there with the, you know, crazy wap to wap bass. Um, oh yeah, there's a bit there in the um, skin that flicks you such a little DJ. When I think about that bit, not even just that bit. When I hear the when I thought about my head, it reminded me of a thing that I used to hear. I don't know if it's a song or just like this thing that used to be on old 70s shows not that 70s show but just kind of goes do 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 it just sounds like a more amped up version of which is pure incidental um as for the whole blackjack dub dick punch up quick pick i always felt like that was some dude just going into a shop who just wanted to limit his words and like look just sort of for chopsticks lamb chops Toothpicks, hard top. Well, I know they mentioned hard top, but it's just it's just really bizarre. But and the song ends on the on the course, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good song. There's not much more I can say about it, but I do think it has the flourishes of what the album would be like. Well, universally speaking, I mean. It's such a, um, it's, this is probably more of an indication of what the album is going to be like. I don't think it should be in the, the opening track or anything like that, but when I heard the song, because I remember hearing this song live at that time, and um, I quite enjoyed it, but I don't really enjoy it that much. I mean, I enjoyed it as this is a new song, because I think they said, this is a song from our new album, and I was like, okay, a song that isn't, like, by the way, that I haven't heard. But um, it has that kind of steady beat and Silveretta and the Jets of a Lifetime. I mean, I get that these lyrics are about something. And I'm look, I know there's plenty of websites, be it Chili Peppers, lyric interpretation things are, there's song lyric meanings or whatever the site is called. There's other ones, I think it's called Genius, where to go into this is what this song is referencing. Sometimes I look at that stuff, sometimes I'm not interested because it tends to reveal too much under the hood or like I, I just kind of like interpret it myself or as you're probably aware, not interpreting it at all. But um, I just, this song, the chorus is just, this song kind of is a good representation of what I don't like about the album, which is not to say I hate it. I kind of respect the album, but don't really dig it. 
there's that nice little sound coming in here that kind of reminds me of Granddaddy uh, by way of ELO or ELO by way of Granddaddy because I do hear a lot of, if you don't know who Granddaddy are, they're a band who uh, have a DIY kind of thing going on, but I think they actually sound sometimes like ELO, just in little bits. Um, with the song, like, it kind of plods along and there's just bits in it. I don't really like the chorus. It's not, I actually think melodically it's it's sound, but it's just, it's a real easy waste, waste easy west coast kind of a song, but, and you know what, I find it's an earworm, some of this. I find myself singing along to bits of this when I'm, when I've been listening to this album a bit, you know. Simply put, I saw your love stream flow. It's just, I'm not singing it as well, obviously. I'm not even trying, but it's not bad little, you know, melody there. But, I don't know. And the guitar kind of, I don't know. It's just a goofy little lick. See, there's bits in some of these songs that I'm like, I'm not mad about this song, but then there's other bits. I can say they're definitely good. Like this kind of final course, or well, it's a pre-course. I think the you know that begins with Silverette and the Jets of a Lifetime it comes in with some more strings, and you know it's 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 fine. But uh, but then there's this guitar that comes in, and I just I'm like, oh, it's just. I don't know. I don't say goofy because I've applied goofy to silly lyrics and guys jumping around. But this just bugs me a bit. Beyond, 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 beyond. I don't know. It's just so goofy. It's There's nothing about it that makes me kind of want to... It doesn't pull at me emotionally nor make me want to punch the air. It's just... It's just a bit flaccid. It's just... it's. And it's representative of what I don't like in this. I don't mind songs that are chilled out, don't get me wrong, but I just don't like things that I don't... I'm just like, I don't vibe with. Simply, I don't fuck with. Um, and then we get on to, uh, but this is the place. And, you know, once I heard this song coming in, I was like, oh, I don't really like this song either. I'm talking about the first time I heard this album, like, you know. By the way, like, as I said, this title track feels like such a red herring, both from the pace of it. Then you follow it with the next two or four songs, which are, yeah, you know, they're, I don't mind that they're slow, but it kind of feels like it's, for what I was expecting, the breaks were put on way too early. But then a lot of the album, I think, is quite like that. I mean, some of the vibe in this song here about the can I get some Vaseline and all that it has an element of the Californication style just a little bit it's a slower slow down version of that a little bit and so when we get into the you know the verse art chorus here the woo, woo, woo. it's not bad like I think John Frusciante is it's kind of in some respects I think he's on an A game here with what he's doing here in, in a way I feel like some of the album is you know, very much greatly his influence, or largely, you know, and obviously he was feeling it, but but I'm just not. Um, 
Oh yeah, I also remember that bit. Can I smell your gasoline? Can I smell your But um... Oh, I've come in on that bit early, but um... See, so yeah, I thought that was the bit where it's about the carpet. Wait, it's not carpet. That's actually after blowing my mind. There's, I'll come back to it in a second, but I always thought it was carpet clean. It's copper clean. Um, Like this song, like, universally speaking, it just has, it's definitely more, you know, radio play kind of stuff. Like, it feels like it's vying for, look, these kind of courses. Maybe that's what it wants. I'm not saying it's bad for that. I'm just saying I don't like it that much. But I'm going to try and, you know, talk about this more than what I don't like. See, there's even this uh, kind of bridge here is kind of, it's fine, but it's not really, it's not even what, I'm not saying it's not what I'm looking for in a chili pepper salad, because that, it's anyway, they have to do something a certain style that suits me it's not even that I just what they're doing here isn't for me but you know part of me respects it because it's something different so here's this bit coming in now I always thought until I read the lyrics now on the day my best friend died I could not get my carpet clean is what I read it as like a VH1 behind the music gone wrong scenario but I could not get my copper clean so that's kind of blown my mind a bit but uh generally this song even more so than universally speaking it's just not to my flavour um or taste buds Now we get onto Dost, and there's a nice bit of finger picking going on there. And I actually, I like the melody, the vocal melody in this. Probably like this song a bit more than This Is The Place. Um, still has that, I'm not going to say chill, that, that, that easy laid back West Coast vibe. Um, but I like it marginally more than... I might even like it a bit more than universally speaking. Um, but like I said, these songs feel like even this like it's only what track four and it feels like I'm miles away from the energy of the title track, the opening track. Um, I read recently, actually, I did read that they only played this live a little while ago and that was with the you know, not with John Fashanti, but with the, I can never get his surname right, is it John, Josh Kling, Klingoffer? Klingoffer, Josh. Anyway, um, but uh, I like that, Leon, Leon. I quite like the chorus in this. I mean, it's all of that vibe that I mentioned, but, you know, I kind of, I kind of fuck with it. Um, and obviously, like, and I have to say, this is probably, like, I think part of some of these songs that are really, they really are earworms, but they, um, a lot of that has to do with the delivery from Anthony as well, and he's clearly into this as well. It's a bit of a change up, and you know what, this, this reminds me, like, this band are often kind of, 
at least these days or maybe not right now because there's enough things going on in the world but there was a point where they were kind of it felt like while they weren't a nickelback kind of butt end of rock music jokes it kind of felt like at least from a hipster kind of point of view it was like oh the chili pepper is like they're kind of a joke band but i think this album was treated quite seriously well revered back in the heyday I just have to not dig it, but it wasn't out of any like snobbery or that. I just, you know, I've already mentioned, but this album feels like so far, and I think even from like from what I remember, I don't feel like it goes into any kind of a goofy shtick that the band are often accused of being like. Um, and one thing I do like about like. It's not a song I really go crazy for. And it's not a song I'd be crazy to hear live. I would be like, oh, dust. I know I mentioned that they don't play it live all that often, if maybe a handful of times. But uh, I do like the um, the outro with the finger picking. And then there's a they're, they're beautiful... Um, where I didn't like the guitar in something like Universally Speaking. I love the how the guitar um, completes the song at the end or, you know cherry on top there it's just it's really nice in fact that's probably my favorite bit of this song and it's one of those it's actually one of the bits in the song and the album that i'm like if i like the album as much like i'm always looking for i'm looking for reasons to love this album because in a lot of ways i love when artists take diversions from like obviously they evolve and you know their sound sometimes they improve upon it or they change it and the band are definitely making choices here but um there's a part of me that feels like I should love this, but I, you know, I as at best I kind of, I'm, you know, I really am just picking the, the bits that I like the most, just little bits, some full songs, and uh, oh yeah, there's that there's that last uh, chorus where John hits a high note there. It's really really good, and like I actually do think. In many ways, even if he is less prominent than some songs than others, I kind of do think this is his album. Um, and, you know, here we go with that lovely, such a lovely guitar tone. Lovely sound ending the album and uh, art ending the album, ending the track. I was getting way ahead of myself. It's not an EP. Um, and it's so, it's so simple. It's kind of like what it does, kind of simple little... Uh, plinky plonky kind of um lead outro lead bit that i didn't like in california cage but i like in this as in i didn't wasn't crazy with the solo the main solo in california cage um yeah great ending to this song so this song kind of don't forget me it's you know another and, you know, I've been reminded now, since I said about the album artwork, it definitely has this kind of somber feel to it. Like, a song like Don't Forget Me, much like some of the other songs that we just went through. It's just really, um... Sounds... Sonically, this sounds great, but, you know, you stick this on, you know, with headphones on, it's, it's something else. It's quite... Um, moody piece but I quite like some of this you know that bit where it ends with tell me 
well, not the song, but the first, is it the first verse? Tell me when you want to go. And then we're going to get into the metal a bit in a second. I make that sound like a video game. We're going to the metal app. A very druggy met video game. We have. Um, but I think it's the course that just ugh, doesn't. You know, yeah, this is a whole long verse. Um, but it just. The, the, the chorus kind of kills it for me. There's, an, there's enough mystique in the verses here that I'm like, oh, okay. And that's, you know, there's a big, long kind of a holler from Anthony. And I guess, you know, don't forget me that I often say, oh, is this song about drugs for me? I often kind of make it sound like the songs are either about drugs or sex or the band talking about themselves as the Red Hot Chili Peppers or We Are The Peppers. But, um, yeah, I mean, the chorus, at least in the first go around, it doesn't outstay its welcome, but I don't like it. So I don't know, kind of. But then with a song like this, and I'm no, I'm no somewhere to the caliber of this band, but I feel like there's various probably various but somewhat limited ways you can go with a song as moody as this you're, you kind of go big a little bit with the chorus and I guess that's what they do but and then we you know I don't know it's just by this stage when I was listening to the album before and I was really kind of like okay this is getting a proper f first listen treatment and I was just like mm -hmm. I think, I'm not even sure if I, there's, there's a few artists now where at this stage of my life I kind of sit down and like, when I have a new album, I sit down properly with it for the first time, listen, you know, really sit with, you know, if there's liner notes, I, the lyrics, I read them as per the song is on, I don't, I don't flip the next page until I get to the next song. Now, with this, um, the liner notes on this, it's um, kind of like a gatefold layout, but... I feel like actually at the time even I might have I don't think I necessarily just went ah don't like that song skipped it but I think I was a bit like oh, hopefully the next song's good and or to my just you know give me that that um maybe not adrenaline but just that extra something but um yeah so far by the time you know it sounds like this I'm like and it's not even that like I'm aware sometimes when you hear an album for the first time of a of an artist, especially a rock band that you like, you want all the songs to be fast, but then eventually you're kind of like, you know what, the songs don't all have to be fast. It's just that first time, that first impression, it does count for something, but then eventually, like you're like, actually the songs aren't all fast, but it's actually a really good album. But I don't necessarily feel. I certainly don't like, what we track five in and. You know, it's um, are we five tracks in? Yeah, and like I kind of, I can say now I've never really warmed. Like, it's not like there's I can't, I can't really think of any particular songs or albums rather, and where a band took a left turn. 
and to the more reflective piece. I mean, there's loads of them out there. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head, but where I, you know, I didn't return to and I didn't, if there were a band I liked and I came back to them to try and figure out what they were doing with such an album, I took something away from it. You know, even something, and it's not a slow album, but even something like Saint Anger from Metallica is a very flawed album and I don't return to it that much and it is a hard listen if like production wise it's a little bit hard but I I get some of it actually I kind of enjoy some of that album and I actually remember if anything at the opposite time I was really exuberant with the album at the time I think it felt like wow new Metallica and then you know eventually that chain wore off a bit and there was an element of oh, this isn't all that great um but I don't detest the album, which is not to say I detest this, but if I was looking, I'd probably, like, and I'm not going to compare this to St. Anger, but my point is that, you know, the initial listen didn't grab me, Not neither did the later listens. Now, look, we're on the latest listen now, but uh, that's just where I am. That's just where I am, folks. So now we're going to go into the Zephyr song. Which is probably the first song since, by the way, where it is the first song where they pick up the beat a bit. And I think, I'm not sure where this came into the singles that they released, whether it was the second single or third single, but yeah, it's played a lot at the time of the radio. And I love the way the, the drums kind of come in and then there's a bit of an extra beat. Um... And it's a softer song then. It's it's more upbeat, but it's it's still I would call it a, a light fairly light kind of a song. And it kinda of has a bit of a you know, it when I was talking about the, the New Order thing when New Order was supporting band, I can see not necessarily a New Order vibe here, but more of a like maybe slightly trippy melodies going on here um which don't necessarily sound like new order but it sounds closer to new order than something like give it away or parallel universe did um i'm at a stage of the podcast now where i don't necessarily talk about the lyrics as much purely because I don't want to be kind of constantly looking at the lyrics going, oh, this is stupid. Um, which is not even, I don't even think they're stupid. I mean, I think there's a lot of artists to listen to that if I was to dissect the lyrics. I probably think, not necessarily they're stupid. I'm just like, I kind of, sometimes I, there's some people I know who like talk about lyrics and like, those lyrics are stupid, you know, to talk about whatever artist. And for me, sometimes, A, I'm not one who remembers lyrics all that much unless I'm listening to a song again and again and again. I don't know how people sometimes go into a bar and just sing off the lyrics to whatever songs are on the jukebox in that bar every other weekend. But but some people have really good memory with lyrics. I don't. So this this great this is a great um, guitar bit in here, and it's before the bridge. But um, I don't like the the or the vocal bits coming next. It's okay. It's just. <laughs> but um the song's not terrible it's yeah i haven't even really said how, how i feel about this song but um 
it's fine. It's just I like bits of it. I probably like this is probably the next best song after By the Way in terms of the track listing, but still quite down quite a bit. And when I I will say though from the vocal delivery when I hear Anthony singing and it is perfect weather. I know I think to play this song in when I saw them in Dublin, but you know, just times I've seen him play the song live on whatever shows, and sometimes he does it in such a nasally way. And it's perfect weather, and it just bugs me a bit. But back to the lyrics thing. Some artists I love, and like I don't necessarily care about the lyrics all that much. I'll pick, you know, I'll talk if they stand out in a bad way, or if they stand out in a good way. But an awful lot of time, as long as they, you know, sometimes like lyrics. Obviously, I'll relate to them, but for this band, I'm not necessarily going to be talking about all the time about the lyrics because I'm at kind of at a point with the podcast now and with the band where I'm just kind of looking at the song as a whole, a bigger kind of a picture rather than what does this verse mean? What does this chorus mean? The song is pleasant, but that's that's about kind of where I feel about this effort song. Now, can't stop with that intro. The little kind of almost military like drums i actually felt like this could have been the the lead track if there hadn't been by the way title track like but i feel like this is actually probably the best song that's indicative of what this the album is going to sound like because it's an upbeat song but it's not a thumping song but um i think this song was even a bigger hit than by the way um Yeah, I, I, I do really feel like that. Um, I had a funky video for this as well. Um, this is this is a good song. Um, but part of the reason I feel like it's probably better representation of the album is that it's not as good as the title track. But it has a lot of flourishes that some of the songs that I've talked about from university speaking up to don't forget me and zephyr song like in the chorus it's all there i mean it's there to an extent in by the way but this song is just so just so flowery but um look if you have a song like by the way in your catalog by all means use it um this is a real like it's it's a real bop rock song it's it's just kind of it's not it's not super like there's a nice kind of funky kind of riff without being a typical funk of the band in the, earlier in the career but it just has enough of that dna there from before and i do love in the in the courses it doesn't happen so much in the first course but it comes in now where there's extra layered harmonies and these are the harmonies i talked about californication where i like them in that way, in most of the songs on kind of fornication have used. I like them here as well in a song like this, but I do feel like overall on the album on this album the and this is kind of like where I say it feels like it's John's album for better or worse. You know, there's an eagerness to try it this style but it's not even a particular style but just a very, very softer melodic style and you can hear it in harmonies as well and quite like the bridge in this 
and it just it's almost um i don't know what time it's in but it feels like it's a feels like it's three four time or something like that um but it's just it's a really it's a really nice um i i, I generally like like there's some good stuff going on in the song the verse doesn't really sound like the chorus i mean obviously the link a bit and the bridge then is doing its own kind of thing it's really interesting there's nice little um i don't know what kind of a pedal john frusciante is using there but the guitar is doing some really weird kind of gnarly thing there it's it's cool and then it goes into the rock bit with the see this brings back the rock fans um but it, it there's a nice ingredients in this song i I know the guy who I mentioned earlier on, he loves the song. Uh, maybe he doesn't love the song, but he, he says this is probably one of his, of his favourite songs from the band. But maybe he's like, you know what, I like the song, but I don't love it. He'd, he'd probably come back to me and say that. But look, it's a good song. Um, I did say Zephyr song was the best song after, by the way. But no, I would probably say Can't Stop is the best song after, by the way. And, then, and it's actually not quite as good as, by the way, but it's up there higher than Zephyr's song. Um, just a bit here at the end. I just want to listen to it now. You see that bit there where he kind of the guitar fades out or the music, not just the guitar, but not fades out, but it just comes through silence and you just have Anthony going can't stop the spirits when it needs you when it does this this life is more just to read through I I, I compel any teenager when or somebody who doesn't know what to do with their life and their parents or whoever to say just do this thing now because whatever you have plenty of time to make those other decisions I, I compel any teenager to just go just say sing in that tone of voice even if you don't sing just go this life is more than just a read through because it'll just it's just it's just a what the hell moment doubt though i doubt i seriously doubt any teenager is going to be like you know hey a i'm going to do that and b they're going to be like oh yeah the red hot chili peppers i'm going to do that bit now because i'm sure the chili peppers have teenage fans but you know it's probably not the they're not in the majority i think in terms of um the age bracket of the fans that the band have. Now this song is back to the kind of um, you know that sort of slower pace that, and it even reminds me a little bit of. I don't know if that's keys or strings, but um, we're back there now. And like. You know, vocally, from you know, melodically, it's it's quite nice. But I also feel like Anthony sang in that kind of um, is that the chorus there? I'm saying that because I'm I'm really I'm listening to the song for the first time in a long time. But that oh, I could die for you sounds a bit um, like he's trying to do a sort of a British accent. Um. And I do like later on, he kind of, there is a kind of nice sort of a 
juxtaposition of lines there where he's like, I could die for you, what you want to do? It's just, you know, there's an element of intensity with, you know, something that's just a bit like carefree. Like this song is quite hazy and that's okay, but there's just elements, even like the, you know, that I like of the song, but there's that, come along, that's quite fairy tale like just it just reminds me like <laughs> of a fairy tale like melody or something too but um and like i said i like that little you know i could die for you what you want to do but um it just feels a bit yeah i mean i feel like there's too many of these songs that are just a bit like it's a flaccid, just a bit, you know, a little bit lame. Um, and would I argue, is that necessarily a bad thing if all the songs are good? No, but I don't think all the songs are, I do not, like, I've already said that, that they're too much for me, but, you know, I, I like talking about the songs even if I don't like them. Um, that's really all I have to say about this song, it's just... It's just a bit of a snooze fest. And you know, there we go. There's side A. Um and I'm not overly surprised how I feel about it. I like look, it's I'm not going to suddenly rip up the rule book and go, I'm not doing this, you know this is a piece of shit <laughs> and kind of tear into it the way I kind of did with a one hot minute. But uh yeah, it's like I think individually all these songs have their, their merits. Some like not as you know, not as necessarily all of each song. The sum is certainly with some of these songs, the sum is less than the parts. But uh, overall, like in that first, that first side, an awful lot of you know, I keep using penis like metaphors, limp and flaccid. But I guess that's what happens when you listen to band two. Generally, you do a podcast that band two generally have. An awful lot of songs that are innuendo driven and put socks under rhymes with socks. Um, you know, it's it's a struggle getting through that really, that album, or at least that side. Not not so much the struggle as I wanted to end it. I it actually went by fairly quickly, but I do think it's um it's you know. And I'm going to listen to side B now as is the process here. But I will say it's pretty consistent in line with side A. But it's generally not for me. And yeah, I, it's just, I you know, I would say it's, I'm, I'm curious to see what the, what the general, I mean, I know it was kind of well received at the time release but I wonder has has time been kind to this album and what do fans I, I think some fans generally like this album um but to me it's a little bit of um an, an oddity but not in a good way it's not kind of you know it, it hasn't really uh it's done as much for me as it did before which is not a whole lot but look 
there's a couple of bits I noticed there that I, you know, like that little first couple of uh, guitar plucks and by the way, which look, I like that song anyway, but um, there's nothing much I've discovered in this uh, listen of side A, so you know what, let's just get into side B and see how things go, but look, it's a, uh, this experience is interesting so far, if anything, I thought maybe that, you know, in a way, Californication to me is almost like a Saturday night album. Not that it's all party, but it's a, you know, I say Saturday night, not necessarily late at night, but kind of, um, you know, summer's night, you know, sun's setting a little bit, but there's a, still a nice temperature out. You know, you're having maybe a barbecue with your drinking friends or even just just chilling yourself, whatever, but there's a nice um positive vibe. And this album is almost like a Sunday morning album where it's so far anyway, like on this listen, but look I've heard the album before so I don't I don't think there's gonna be any huge uh revelations or changing of mind side B but generally this is you know it's a more reflective album but not not in a way that I enjoy I don't I like albums that you know have that you know as I mentioned pastoral or not even pastoral but just have a reflective bit to them or an element but yeah this I, there's not really um there is that contrast yet I think they're I was going to say I think they're two sides of the same kind, but the more I think about it, um, there's an element of that, but they're not really, I don't know. There's elements of Californication in this, but I would say the things I didn't like in Californication, it's the slight things I noticed. And when I listened to Californication for the last episode, there's bits I was like, oh, these there's certain guitar licks or harmonies here and things that they bring in by the way but maybe just then it reminded me I'm not so big, such a big by the way fan uh, when I talk about by the way I'm talking about the album as a whole like but um yeah so look let's get into let's get into side B and I do think also just before I get into side B there is an element where I feel like there is kind of two sides and this is one side but potentially I don't think the the other side is Californication, but I'll save that for another time. Anyway, let's get into side B. Okay, so let's start off with Midnight, eh? Comes in with some are they are they horns? Are they horns? Anyway, um again it's another mid tempo no it's down tempo. Well let's say it's down tempo. Um but it's it's kind of an intriguing intro to it. And then it kinda of goes into this kind of a almost aqua like wishy washy just I, I feel like I can hear bubbles in this thing. I can hear bubbles. Um 
I'm drowning in a sea of tranquility with this thing. Um, you know, this song melodically is, is fine, but you know, when it starts off with things will never be the same. Um, this might be the first song in a while where I actually want to read the lyrics and see what it's about. Like, a lot of songs on this album, in fairness, are quite, you know, they're alluding to something meaningful, but when something starts off with things will never be the same, I'm a bit like, oh, tell me more. What what were they like and what are they now? That chorus is quite nice. Well, it's actually the pre-chorus. And, you know, at the end of that pre-chorus there, this is truly John's album. And we, you know, chorus is all. I mean, obviously Anthony's arguably Anthony's leading the singing, but this song really is. This whole album is John's. Really, it's it's like Rick Rubin is the producer, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, John wore the trousers and the biggest sock. For this album. Um, yeah he does an awful lot of harmonies. And awful maybe. Not that they're awful. But there's probably too many for my liking. Which is funny because harmonies are never a bad thing. But. I feel like. There's a, a lot of stuff in this. Like there's a lot of the same things that. I suppose it's like if you like an album. There's lots of things if. An artist or whoever is hitting their creative stride, you're like, yeah, they're doing that thing again that works. But in this case, they're doing a lot of things here that don't do anything for me. Um, but that being said, I don't mean to rag on this album because, like, you know, for somebody else, this is this is their go-to. And I seem to like upon reading some stuff about this album, not not about the making of the album, but I just want to see because it's been so long since I really thought about this album in any detailed way that I was like well, what is the general vibe with fans on this album is it is it hit is it miss is it something whatever and there's a lot of love for this album or so it seems anyway on online in terms of the the fan base and I haven't I haven't bothered doing that with any of the other albums because I want to make up my own mind but you know I've listened to this album a good bit now and this listen and in previous listens so I was I guess my curiosity you know persevered and said well, what's is it you know I'm sure I'm not the only one who has you know I already mentioned some guy I talked to years ago about this album or he talked to me about it but I'm not the only one who's you know lukewarm to it but you know at the same time I feel like I'm in the minority and look, everybody has their own, like, music is very subjective, but I truly do feel like with this one, I just don't get it, but, um, this album, um, but I respect it in its own weird way, um, you know, they're definitely doing something different here, not just an evolution of the sound, but you know, even though there is elements of the Californication sound, I would say this is not even the logical next step. I would say this is like if it were stepping stones, it'd be stepping into this other area. 
aqua-like area, not the band aqua. I don't think this is a Barbie world or whatever that song is. Um, I like that that bit there. It kind of I like that little weird kind of sound before it ends on a, a strum. What's next? Um, oh yeah, I always thought "Throw Away Your Television" was a stupid title for a song, but you know what? There's some bits like I listened to the second side a couple of times now for this podcast and I, I didn't want to kind of go on the first listen and go these songs again whatever but I wanted to listen to bits I focused on before and other bits I just kind of cast aside it's probably it's a kind of song I don't actually kind of don't kind of don't mind it but it's not a song I like There's a good few songs in this I wouldn't seek out, but this one I'm kind of mm, a little bit like it's somewhere in the middle for me. I mean, that. I don't know why that, that title of that song just bugs me. Um, speaking of titles, I mean, I was singing about it earlier. The band really. Um, after, like. Maybe Californication Day album titles. I'm not talking about song titles, but the album titles are a little bit like. Is there a bit crap, really? Like, by the way, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, if the album's good, whatever. But by the way, it's just, you know, I'm with you. The Getaway. Don't get me started on Arca- Stadium Arcadium. It's such a. I don't know. Bleh. But anyway. Um. This, this podcast is not about reviewing titles and stuff. Um, even on an extraneous level, I, I look at the album artwork, but that's because I think it's important. Titles, not so much, unless it's something... There has been some awful album titles over the years. Um, like, it's like, our awful band names. This isn't an awful band name, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's, it's, you know, it's fine. There's an Irish band called Ham Sandwich, and they make some good songs, but that name, really. Anyway. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Throw Away Your Television now again. Um, Yeah, it's it's actually kind of an alright song. I might, you know, songs like this, kind of, okay, they mention the whole Throw Away Your Television thing over and over. I don't mind that. Now, there's this really strange guitar kind of sound and sometimes it sounds like it's just way off but it's kind of really interesting just sonically to listen to and it it plays throughout the rest of the song i think and i just i kind of fuck with it it's um yeah actually i might dig this um is there another course yeah (laughs) i have listened to the song plenty times but sometimes it's like Oh, um, you know, it's kind of like, um, oh wait, you, you ever have that moment you're singing along to a song and you start singing the well-known lines of a song, but they don't come in yet. So you're just there, especially if you're out with friends, that has happened any time recently in this country anyway, but you know, you're in a pub and then you're like, ah, nah, nah. it's like, oh, uh, came in too soon or at a gig. That's, you know, when a song kind of does a stop starting. 
yeah, just that. I actually love that. That that it's guitar, is it? Can somebody tell me? Uh here's Cabron. What can I say about this? Other than Cabron, Cabron, Cabron. I could nearly just do the whole song. Just go Cabron. Even the bits that don't have Cabron lyrically in them. Cabron, Cabron. Um. This is a real summary song, but in a much more kind of um, uh, it's kind of flamenco kind of style, is it? It's a. This is really diverse. Um, it. This is like. I don't think I could deal with a whole album of this song, but I kind of dig this song in its own uh, way. And I think it's uh, it's such like if you were to take I think I mentioned sorry but if you were to take this song and go with something like you know True Men Don't Kill Coyotes look obviously you're not it's very rare you want a band to, or an artist to have one song from years ago replicating exact same style but these generally feel like two like such a I like that actually I do like when an artist sounds so different years later it shows development now of course some artists back to basics and um some bands and you know never really changed their sound you know acdc well i'd argue their early years are were better consistently top quality up until after after back and black but uh, are you too even you two's early stuff you can still see the dna of um like their 90s or early 2007 this is such a it's such a roll down the windows driving along by um, a beach kind of a song what is Cabron anyway I actually known I was doing the rest of the because I, I listened to the side over a couple of days and known I was doing the podcast the second part or side B I just had the song in my head all the time uh, the song of, of the songs on side B kept ringing in my head it has some nice uh, guitar work in there and it's, it's so different um, was this released as a single I know I mentioned some songs that were released as singles earlier and I can't remember there's about I think there's another one that I omitted accidentally I didn't do it on purpose I wouldn't do that but um we have a look. Um, what were the singles from this thing, other than "By the Way" um, Zephyr song? Um, second, can't stop. What was the other one I mentioned earlier? I hit. I forget. Um, universally speaking, I didn't realize "Dose" was a release of the single. How about that? Um, yeah, I'm not wrong for singing Cabron continually because an awful lot of times in this it's repeated about eight times or whatever. Like, is Cabron the chorus actually? Like, is like is it just like we're just going to use the word Cabron? But anyway, tear. Um, this is um. 
this is a slow but kind of playful number and I actually would say as like as diverse or different as this album is I feel like I feel like I actually aside from like I do like some of the songs on the on side A but these two or three songs that are hit me right now on side B it was just it's a sunny day um but and I don't necessarily think they're like this song is not a bop, but you know it's a it's not a bad old song to listen to. And you know what's going to happen now? I, I keep thinking I'm not going to listen to Solomon again. I'd actually said to myself last night I was like, yeah, once I once I hear this now, I think that'll be that'll be it for me. And this I have you know listen to albums and watching movies now as you get a bit older and i'm not ancient or anything but as you get older you don't do the repeat well you do with albums more so than movies but you get to a point where you don't listen to stuff or watch stuff on repeat as much because why not because you're working on your deathbed if you are i'm sorry to hear that but because you want to make more you know you want to experience new stuff and you don't want it just to be a nostalgia machine that's just turning in the same stuff you watched since you were a teenager um but again like with this album i think i can get away with it a bit because i there's still stuff i need to experience within this one i think i never look at this and think it's a piece of trash album i kind of did feel like that after one hot minute but i don't feel like that after this but i will say i thought last night i was like i'm done with this album now i'm, I'm kind of a i've done you know i've experienced it as much as i can as much as I want to. Now I'm going to go listen to something completely different. But I can see myself come back to that. And I suppose unlike movies, the good thing about music is you can stick it on, on you know, commuting or depending on what you work at or, you know, Spotify or whatever, as you're doing whatever you're doing. But um, I have become aware that there's some stuff I, not that I won't ever listen to again, but if it's something that's not clicking for me, uh, to make room for something I enjoy or something new. Yeah, it's kind of a. This is a sort of a grown old, gracefully kind of album, isn't it? Really, I know I mentioned age, but I'm talking about the band. Like, just even those kind of courses. There's something just. And I think I mentioned it before. Uh, I know I did early on in the podcast. And look, forgive me because I, you know, I've been doing this for a few months now, and I don't. Um, if it's just to reference something, and by all means remind me. But I don't go back and listen to the episodes other than for maybe some re slight reference or sound quality or whatever. But I do remember saying, I wonder how Anthony felt about lyrics wrote when he was much much younger and come back to that point here you know we're at a latter point of the band's career and it seems like i mean i mentioned john a lot in this album and i really haven't mentioned the other the other guys but just in terms of anthony like it seems like they're trying to make like it's almost like not making amends as such but just um making something that you don't you know, cringe at. And it's not because of it being upbeat or not, but just because you want to make something that reflects maybe your state of mind or 
you know, your body as much as anything. I mean, I know he still uh, jumps around a lot on, on stage and all that, but the thing with a band like Red Hot Chili Peppers is their stage presence was very much a larger than life kind of a thing. And you get older, and look, he's still, he's still pretty well toned up, and the band are still fighting fit. I mean, I think, aside from, I mean, I'm talking about the current lineup with John, but they're all pretty mobile on stage, and uh, none of them I would say is like, oh, you're watching, you know, where's Zimmer Frame stage left, like, or anything like that. They're all, they're all pretty, you know, active on stage. I don't know why, but that last bit at the end of that kind of, ooh, kind of remind me of Queen a little bit. Maybe a particular Queen song. You know when people say, oh, that song reminds me of that band. It's usually our artist. It's a moment in a song that links back. Now, this song on Mercury reminds me a little bit of Cabron, but I enjoyed even more. Um, this was probably when I heard the song first. You know, I was after going through the album, but I was like, oh man, I'm struggling with this. But I did enjoy this song. I I almost think it could have been a single. But I, it doesn't actually matter if it was a single or not. I already mentioned something about Other Side being a single and how I really enjoyed it. But <laughs> it kind of was a, a lesser single in terms of, you know, whatever. I think you know what I'm getting at. Some songs you just dig and you're like, yeah, I love that song. But it's not like single material verse my like Californication is single material and I don't like it, so whatever. This is a really good song, man. Um a woman or not CIS. Um It carries on that sort of But this is yeah, this is really good. I wonder like when like I looked up, I know they did um the, well, uh, a live film DVD. I don't know if it's Blu-ray now, 4K medium, but they did a the play at Slain in Ireland 2003, and that was released as a uh, yeah, as, I guess as a DVD. What's there's a proper terminology. I don't want to just say the actual audio or visual format, but I looked at the. I looked at the set list and I was curious how much of By The Way was on it, like the album. And yeah, there was quite a bit, but I don't know if they played songs like this. And I don't mean just because I like it, but it seemed like they they kind of stuck with a lot of singles. Barred those, as I mentioned, which um, I think they've only played a couple of times and I think they did that with Josh. But... I'm always into bands playing songs that even I'm not that into, like that are lesser known songs on the album. And it's not a harmonic in there, but um, yeah, this is this is a real bop now. Yeah, this is um, see, I'm even singing wrongly along to this, but um, I'm actually coming around to this um, this side a bit more, like. A song like Tear. There's a tear. This is my tear. Yes, yeah, Tear. <laughs> um, you know, 
while not it's sandwiched in between this song and Cabron, it's it's okay. Now midnight, I wasn't so gone on, but um, but throw away your television. I've I've kind of come around in a bit. So who knows? Maybe this will be that one time where so far in this podcast where I might come out a bit more in favour of side B than side A. Maybe I'll end up loving this album. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I just I was aware the last time I ragged on it a bit. Yeah, that's a really good song. I can't, you know, get into too much about it. And Minor Thing kicks off really, really good. Um, I thought that was instruction on the top of the lyrics, but it's actually the lyrics. Change the key from C and D. Um, yeah. I don't like this song as much as on Mercury. And the only reason I say that is because if the rest is to the quality of on Mercury, you know, we're kind of, you know, a pretty solid ending. But, you know, we have this song and then two more songs uh, to go. Now, this song isn't bad. It actually incorporates a little bit of that funk that this album uh, has kind of cast to one side. But then it has some nice guitar work in there as well. While obviously having the sort of diversity of of this album as a whole. Um, yeah, it's um this is another song that many times even though look, I only know bits of these songs, but I I'd often sing this bit to myself. Uh just that minor thing, minor king bit. And there's some of those harmonies that I enjoy in this song. Um, I will say actually something I've noticed about this album, unlike some of the other albums, it hasn't got any one song that's like a, a goofy filler kind of song. Like, look, I like Californication, the album, but you know, right on time it is a bit of that goofy filler. There's at least P and maybe another song in one hot minute that's like that. Uh, it's red hot on um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is like that and there's I'm actually kind of at a point where I haven't listened to their albums the early albums since which you know I think I'll probably come back to some of them alright but I'll, I'll have them on in a kind of the background when I was listening to the podcast I was very much focusing on it's a bit like you know when you're doing work and you're you're focusing on something, but you, your perspective kind of is a bit like, ugh, what? I can't see the wood from the trees. Um, but this song has a really nice instrumental bit here, a nice breakdown. Um, I, I'm not. I like to think I like I know some stuff. Not, not as a technical personal production but just like different sounds but some things I don't know and I'm kind of okay with that too I'm glad I don't know everything because sometimes like there's a little thing going on here I'm not sure what that is is that a guitar is that a keyboard um it's kind of the magic that that I don't know but that's fine because it's magic which sounds a bit cheesy but like as someone who kind of writes some songs or music themselves I remember once somebody saying to me, oh, you probably don't like writing music. Um, 
which sounds like a funny thing to say, but just, or no, just, you probably don't want to learn music of artists you like, like do covers of that, because, it, you know, I can imagine destroying the magic for you. And that, that thing always stuck with me, but I never really felt that way, unless I tried to learn a song, like a cover or whatever, so much that I kind of end up ruining the song for myself, but yeah. There is some songs that I wouldn't touch, like, and I don't mean of this band, I'm just talking about generally. This song actually I had in my head this morning as well. You know what? There is some earworms on this thing. Earworm can be bad as well, obviously, but uh, but that shiver for me, It's a really interesting. Um, um, melodic kind of vocal delivery. Do -do 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 -do. And you know, again, here's what I'm talking about. I mean, not like th there's that, you know, that kind of um, low key kind of um, sound there that I don't know what it is that comes in in the, in the verses. And then we get into this chorus. Um, and there's just kind of like a jangly guitar. Just really interesting um, progressions that these songs go through. You know, I might end up warming this album. I don't think it's going to be a... I don't know where it's going to figure, but this, um... I'm, I'm kind of digging this uh, side a lot more than I thought I would. Um, like, I do think there's a couple of songs that I'm just like, oh, not so keen on, but I've come around to this side more than I ex actually expected to, and maybe as a whole, that's going to reflect... Well, it will reflect on the album as a whole, because I actually used to think, oh, I just dug the a couple of songs almost like shrapnel just bits of songs on the first side apart from you know by the way and can't stop but by the way in particular but these uh deep cut songs are kind of doing it for me and it's not necessarily the lyrics because obviously i uh, talked a little bit about lyrics but i'm just talking about the vibe what song does that remind me of when I hear that jangly? I don't know, but it's um. I actually did think, you know, listen to this album, and I I do think Californication is the better album, but I did think for me that was at least at a particular time with the band, and maybe I still do, but that was kind of like. That was the peak of, certainly with the funk and the rock kind of elements of their creative well i certainly thought that was their peak then from a commercial and creative point of view and i still maintain it's a better album of these of these two anyway um but i can't deny there is a lot of creative stuff going on here so maybe i'd argue maybe there's a a creative peak here with this album and like i keep saying i don't I don't hate this album i don't I keep wanting to come back to it, so maybe, you know, I'm, the good thing about, like, a podcast like this, on one hand, you lose a little bit of perspective because you're listening to the songs so intently, you're not letting them kind of just, I don't know, just flow naturally into your, you know, in as ear candy, but that being said, I've listened to them lots of times, but to listen to it for this, I'm also focusing on bits that maybe... Maybe because I just let the album kind of, I expected it to sort of be a, 
a slow burner, but while I'm not force feeding it this time, I'm just listening to things and I'm listening to it on the headphones and I'm just like, yeah, this is this is quite nice. Um You know, because at one stage I was thinking this album was barely above a, you know, a mid Coldplay era kind of thing. You know, I, I kind of felt like it was like an, Coldplay by the way, not a bad band, but I would never really be pushed into listening to any of their albums after the first couple because I just felt like the music you listen to when you're not really into music but you hear these sounds played on the radio or they're played along to I don't know whatever feel good match of the day spectacle where it's like oh let's put on a Coldplay song here kind of call to arms kind of thing Venice Queen always has a great intro um I will say I'm not really I already remember how I'm not always mad about how the song ends it's one of those trans- transitory kind of things um, but it has this mystique that when I heard this intro first, I was like, oh, you know, I was missing this all along in the album. But then, you know what, halfway through the song, or maybe not even halfway, it, it calls back to elements of Cabron, to Mercury, really, like, interesting strumming going on, and progressions musically um i feel like as i said i I talked about john i talked about anthony a bit but i haven't talked about um flea or chad and i should really because we're actually at the end of the album as such and you know they're doing interesting stuff here it's probably not as a it's not as much of a thumper for chad um but you know i actually think chad smith is a great he's a great drummer he doesn't need this podcast to to say that for you know he he knows he's a great drummer but you know i i often hear people talking about drummers and going oh you know that wasn't their best album because they didn't couldn't do a lot of stuff on it like people talk about sometimes matt cameron drummer with pearl jam has like you know when he was doing the Soundgarden and stuff oh it's, it was heavier he was a much you know you know he, he was a better fit there but like pearl jam are generally a kind of a quieter not quieter but some of their songs are really heavy, other songs are not, but they wouldn't have ever been as heavy a Soundgarden as an, as an act. Um, but I still think he did interesting stuff on quieter songs, and I think the same applies here to Chad Smith. Um, and, you know, Flea as well. Like, Flea, Flea is a frenetic bass player, and he's, you know, it's, like, it's the subdued moments. It's a bit like when I hear people talk about the Oscars or you know who's the best actor in something came out a certain year and they always go for the showy performances but and a bit like that with albums sometimes it's not the showy stuff it's the more subtle stuff and so i dig what they're doing um i may not mention it as much because it's kind of to me it's clear which of the band members has more influence as such on the direction of the album um but i think like as i mentioned like I, I do say John is kind of leading this album and Anthony's in such good, you know, spirits vocally. And uh, see, oh yeah, just back to this song, Venice Queen. Like, it's gone through another change here. This is almost like, I never really thought of this song 
has been, I'm not going to say it's like Bohemian Rhapsody, but it goes through two or three big transitions. This is a sort of another slight transition. Um, and then it ends with that, um, you know, Gloria thing. Um, so it's um, quite an interesting song. I never really thought of it as, I kind of, I used to just treat it as, oh, that end song that has a nice little guitar bit at the start, but it's on the album I'm not really digging. But, you know, I this album, I could, I could actually, this could be, I'm saying this as I'm listening to this, but I could be like coming around to this album. I could be coming back to side A. I won't be coming back to side A for this episode of the podcast. But, you know, by the time I'm get to the getaway and if the band haven't released a new album by then, which is not a, it's not a threat, but, or anything like that, but I probably will be doing some sort of a, kind of a, a general standing where I see the albums, like, where they rank for me. Uh, obviously, highlight and emphasize that means it's completely subjective. But, uh, yeah, this, this is a, some of the songs just don't hit me as hard overall on the album, but maybe, you know, there's something to a lot of the songs that I'm, I'm okay with, at the very least. A couple of songs I'm not crazy about, as I've mentioned. Um, in a way, this is, um, this is less of a, this is quite a victorious kind of song to end on. It's not like a big, you know, heavy rock song, but it's, it feels like it's just kind of, um, pick up the keys, you know, drive, get away to wherever you're going. You don't know where you're going, but you're going. Uh, it just feels like a victorious kind of a song. And it's a, it's a good way to end an album that's quite, um, I don't know if I'd call the album, like, I don't want to say victorious because I've been a bit funny, but I do feel like it's a victorious kind of a, you know, coda to the song, or to the album. Um, yeah, and it, it ends, like, there with that last drum, and it's such a different album. When I think about in the latter period, it's, it's so different, and I've kind of not got into a huge description of some of those songs. I've just kind of vibed with them. This has been definitely more of a, a vibe. Um, especially on this side. I actually think I might prefer this. This might be a newsflash for me, but I might prefer side P to side A. Obviously, I, I love, by the way, I've mentioned that. But side B has been a bit of a revelation to me. Um, so I'm not going not gonna to bin this album. Which wasn't the plan, but I kind of was like looking at two or three of the albums I had. I was like, oh, I don't know, but this this album might be played again more often than I I realized. And you know, I'm I'm slowly. I actually am getting to like this album, but uh, I just realized that maybe the second half was just my preferred half as much as. A lot of the, the singles are on the first half. I think all the singles are on the first half, but um that second half is just low key solid. A couple of songs, yeah, they have they have the whole like the album's mood, but 
a dictum in their own way. It's like the second half is completely a deep cut, but with a vibe that I, I enjoy. Whereas side A, it has the singles. And some of the singles I like more than others, obviously. But, you know, it, I didn't know those songs as well on, on the second half. And it has a nice flow to it. Um, I actually think the album overall, even if some of the songs I don't like. Like, I think some songs at the start, like, this is the place. Eh, it's okay. Universally speaking, kind of as a lesser song for me um don't forget me and i could die for you i'm i'm pretty but you know what when i used to um when i used to listen to an album years ago and it was an artist i was i really wanted to get into like sometimes then we'd listen to music like yeah i don't like this i don't like that but sometimes you have to work for stuff like sometimes you have to work to listen to something so say with this album it's 16 tracks I remember I used to listen to whatever albums of a band. And okay, I know soon enough I didn't like it. But if it was an artist, I'm like, I heard a couple of singles. Or I heard a song somehow, you know, in a friend's living room or on MTV or or whatever. Like, well, I like that song. And if everything else is at least the same general production or songwriting quality or whatever, I'd probably dig this other stuff. Um... So I'd listen to an album if I had however many songs. And if I liked more than half, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it wouldn't happen straight away. I wouldn't listen to the album first, other than maybe the songs I was familiar with. Like, okay, I kind of, I like that song. I think I like the song too. And, you know, then I'd eventually kind of almost be counting on, you know, two hands in the cases. This, like, album, it's, you know, you're counting kind of a couple times over, but like, I'd be like, okay, I like, I really like four to 16 songs in this. And some of them I'm okay about. And eventually if I got over at least the halfway mark, I'd be like, yeah, I, I can warm to these songs. And it wouldn't happen again, as I say, an issue. It wouldn't be just like, I like half the songs already. It's a hit. Um, You know, but I think this album, hmm, I'm really like, is it a definition of a slow burner for me? <laughs> Maybe, considering it's been... It's nearly 20 years old. Uh, I think we could say that. But uh, I don't think it's going to go the way of like. Like some albums are really hard to get into. In a way that. You either have to be in the right moment. Maybe I am in the right moment now. But sometimes you have to be in the right moment in the right place. I remember I didn't like OK Computer for years. I had the album. I didn't like the album. Other than a couple of the singles. And I thought, I'm not really into this. And then there are certain songs I heard at a certain time. Not from me just playing and going, oh, I didn't expect to like the song that I just played. But sometimes they would just be on the radio. Um, Like there's a song called Let Down. I remember hearing that on a nighttime drive when it was lightly snowing. And I don't know, the, the song just clicked for me that time. I love the song now. It's probably one of my favourite Radiohead songs. But um, some of the songs right now, I wouldn't say I've had that particular let down moment with any of the songs here but you know they did some of the songs did kind of work for me um especially in that second half because i was actually expecting when i start recording this sec this part i was like oh i don't know if any of the by the way fans you know if i'm gonna continue ragging on this album and i actually didn't feel like naturally i genuinely genuinely felt like i was warming to 
the home stretch there. Um, so I will be interested come potentially episode 11 or 12. I only say 11 or 12 right now because I'm not expecting a new album out. But I'm still unsure if I'm going to do a two parts of Stadium Arcadium. Do you know what? I might do. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. But um, so far I'm actually going to give this album a pass. It hasn't. It hasn't. Um, didn't shit the bed, and um, yeah, it's a. Uh, I still don't like. What year did it come out? Two thousand two. Um, there was a few other rock albums that came out at that time that I really dug. Kind of from, I guess you could say mainstream bands, but uh, and I felt like this this album I was like I oh, was a bit of a wet noodle, but. You know, I still don't think it's an album might be like, okay, like, it's rock out. It's not really a rock out album. And it at the same time, I mentioned Radiohead a, a, little, a few moments ago. It's not really an album that I'm like, well, I want to listen to something that's kind of, um, well, look, if you want to listen to Radiohead, listen to Radiohead. But it's, it's not really um it's a diverse album by the way and i don't mean there's a particular moment you have to listen to this album um i do actually think the red hot chili peppers are definitely a almost a summertime kind of a band which is funny when i think of california cajun because i refer to that a good bit yet it came out in uh well yeah it just came out in may i just bought it in october when it was crap weather here but um yeah, this this uh, this is an okay album, and I'm surprised by that because I kind of thought I'd come back. Kind of, you know, I did say at the start of this thing, I did say, I'm probably not gonna dig it any more than I did before. But it's it's a hard album to gel with at times, but I I think it will definitely get repeat listens despite my being on my deathbed <laughs> but uh yeah i i don't really have anything else to say other than i'm a bit i'm a bit uh surprised but in a good way um so yeah that, that concludes this episode i think this one is probably the longest episode yet but look hope you've enjoyed i've uh really enjoyed talking about this one um and you know like i said i'm constantly improving this podcast as time goes on from an audio point of view and you know obviously there's sometimes gonna be pauses and i'm gonna be figuring out things but like i'm recording this live i don't i try not to edit too much just because it's i edit like where it's necessary but in terms of the flow of conversation and it's one-sided right now obviously but i want to keep it um quite spontaneous um while also kind of being able to look back and see what does or doesn't work in the on the on the show is this a show i don't know um well look I, i'm always keen to hear feedback even if it's somebody like you know you don't know what you're talking about one on minute is a great album please tell me what you think please do because i'm just one you know, 
I don't I'm happy to hear whatever people have to say uh, and it always makes for good conversation and I will give you a shout out on the show if you want or if you, if you don't want to use your real name or if you just want to use whatever username thing you come up with this is this is a it's all good you know live and let live um so yeah this concludes this episode but one quick thing i think i was going to do i had thought about a couple of ways of doing the next episode uh the stadium arcadium one and i've decided this is what i'm going to do i'm going to do it in i'm going to split it in two so i'm going to do side a i'll talk about the album artwork a bit i'll talk about side a because first off i was going to do as one whole lengthy kind of thing but look this thing is probably near two hours now if not over two hours i don't really think i want to put anybody through that for the next one if you want to listen to when i record it may not even be i don't see parts one part two of stadium arcadium being two hours each but there's a chance with the way these last episodes are going that this could go into three to four hour territory um if you want to stick that out brilliant like but you can stitch two episodes together or listen one after two when they come out but i won't be um releasing both at the same time i'll, I'll do part one first and that'll probably be in may and then at near beginning of may maybe and maybe i don't know near the near the end of the month i'll do the second part because i want to keep them close enough that i'm not listening months apart because it's it's all one album but i think it'd be good and respectful of the the listening experience not to rush this thing and sort of try and get the album done and go oh, or whatever i mean i i can't uh it's another album that um well it's not sonically altogether it's a it's a mix of obviously different elements but you know however many tracks is on that thing i think there's 28 tracks on it i was going to do like a quick oh, i'll give these songs a 30 second description each but i feel like i can maybe give them a little bit more maybe the, maybe the podcast could end up being a you know quite short but even if it's just two 20 minute you know city arcadium episodes so be it you know um but yeah so i'm gonna do for the next one i'm gonna do stadium arcadium talk about the album artwork side a then for the second part of that i will talk about side b and maybe just talk my overall thoughts on the album on this renewed listen of course in side a i'll talk a bit about my experiences with the album before but um i i don't know like i'm already thinking what will i talk about but i don't know I'll, it'll depend because i you know before i get into the albums i kind of just i have a kind of a i think about i look at the album artwork i kind of recall everything in my mind about where I was and all that kind of stuff and where my head was at in terms of the band and my interest. So um yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. Um so we're gonna split it in two. So there's at least gonna be another few episodes. Um 
I'm debating doing a couple other things as well. But I will say, and I mentioned this um, when I was talking about this particular album, by the way, I probably will do some sort of a thing on, like, I think it's called Tear Maker, where you rank whatever movies, you know, series or TV series or albums or bands or whatever. I probably will do something like that when I'm at a point where I'm at the end of the current studio output, which is the getaway. Now, of course, it could be something in between, but I generally think I will have a lot of this particular thing done at the very latest by the end of 2021. But I don't see it. I see it being maybe into the summer with the current kind of general... uh, roadmap of how we take, see things going that's very business work talk isn't it roadmaps next time we're talking about milestones and pivot tables um so yeah that's it that's uh put a wrap on it and um i hope you're all well during these unusual times and yeah if you want to reach out to me it's andy warbler at gmail.com i'm on twitter and instagram and now on reddit now I can't remember on Reddit. I'm just Andy Warbler. But, um, and anyway, Reddit's more of a kind of a thread thing, so you're not going to be looking out for me. But I have been commenting, and I did uh, talk about the podcast a little bit on the, I think it's, you know, it's the the main Red Hot Chili Peppers um, Reddit page or thread. As for Twitter and Instagram, it's uh, Over the Bridge and Y Triple D. So that's where you can catch me. Um, still figuring all this stuff out but it's it's fun and i hope you're enjoying and thank you for listening as always take care